0: Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. It's hard to say whether this is a story of success or failure, but it's a story that has touched your life. It's sort of
1: a mirror of everything online. I like to think of it as a mirror of the internet. Christine
0: Ligorio Chafkin is a senior writer at the magazine Inc. and someone who has spent years covering one particular website when you may or may not pay any attention to. But it's a site that has acted like a canary in a coal mine when it comes to the rise of populism, debates over free speech and hate speech online, and the increasing power of foreign governments to reach out and touch us through our browsers.
1: Yeah, well, the thing I would say about Reddit, first and foremost, is even if you think you're not a user, you've probably encountered it within the last month or two just in internet searching and the way you browse. You have certainly seen content that comes from Reddit. It has more than 330 million monthly users, racking up more than 20 billion page views. These people type
0: in more than 50,000 words every single minute. Ligorio Chafkin says this is a story she couldn't resist. And it's one she chronicles in the book We Are the Nerds, the birth and tumultuous rise of Reddit, the Internet's culture laboratory.
1: And there are within it our message boards for everything under the sun. 140,000 communities, everything from one for women called 2x chromosomes to stop smoking and rehab communities. There's financial advice communities, home improvement. There are great stories on a subreddit, as these sections are called, r slash TIFU, or today I uh, messed up. <laughs> great stories from individuals. And, you know, there's also things like videos and images. Every meme on the mainstream internet probably was germinated within Reddit. Um, and even during the presidential campaign last time, we saw Donald Trump sharing things, sharing memes that first originated on Reddit.
0: But we'll get back to politics, which Ligorio Chafkin says she should have paid a lot more attention to when she was researching Reddit in 2015 and 2016. First, before all that, you've got to go way back to the early 2000s, long before Reddit was one of the most popular websites in the world, before Reddit even existed. When two nerds met, Alexis Ohanian and Steve Huffman, they would both go on to become incredibly rich and powerful people. Alexis would marry a tennis player named Serena Williams. But that was all way in the future in 2001, when Ohanian and Huffman met at the University of Virginia.
1: I think, you know, literally the first day they moved into their dorm rooms, Alexis saw Steve playing a video game and thought, oh, there's hope for my social life at this college, you know. Someone is doing the thing I love. And they became fast friends. They were very different people. Alexis was always sort of social and charismatic and easy to to smile and make friends. Steve was a little more of an introvert, a programmer who um, made, you know, wry jokes and some, sometimes could rub people the wrong way, but clearly a very smart guy. By senior year, Alexis thought he wanted to go into nonprofits. And Steve thought, I want to start a little company. I want to make Hmm. a dent in the world. And he kind of infected Alexis with that idea. Um, Together, they had an idea for making a mobile food ordering company. They called it My Mobile Menu, abbreviated as Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Sure. They took this idea to—I mean, this was before Seamless Web existed. You know, before any of the food ordering. We didn't really have apps on our cell phones then. And they took it to a venture capitalist who would was would not call himself a venture capitalist at the time. Named Paul Graham, he had sold a company. He
0: had a little money sitting around, and he wanted to start investing. O'Hanian and Huffman traveled from Virginia to Massachusetts to pitch Graham. They told him about their food ordering idea. Graham didn't like it, but he liked them. After all, what if they were the next Jobs and Wozniak, the next Gates and Allen? And Graham had an idea. How about a site where you could vote on what stories or news of the day were the most interesting? An internet popularity contest. That, he thought, could change the game. And Paul saw this as a potential for being kind of the
1: front page of the Internet, a place where you could just navigate to in the morning and see all the Internet's most glorious content of the day, whether it's a politics story or a science journal or someone's personal blog that's just super enlightening. And he said, why don't you guys try to build the front page of the Internet? And they thought about it and they said, sure, you know, we will do that. Um, And they immediately started building Reddit.
0: Do you feel like, you know, we we talked about Reddit being kind of, in some ways, this online popularity contest, a kind of very flat site where there's not a lot of hierarchy. Um, do you think that the people behind it, really, their vision for the web was a kind of, if not anarchy, a kind of completely democratized situation in which, you know, there just wasn't a hierarchy. You know, people were kind of equal and yeah. whatever they wanted to say, they said. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very
1: good way of putting it. It's often misunderstood in this age of what is free speech? what is What are we allowed to say online? What is hateful? But when Reddit was started, they basically had a simple idea like, we don't need editors in high towers to tell us what's good. People can determine that. People are smart. People are empathetic. They can upvote what they want to. So it was the elimination of editors and the democratization of the flow of content. Now, that got taken to an extreme within just mere years where people were really pushing the limits of what what that meant. Um, there was a lot more profanity and cursing and pornography on Reddit than anywhere else on sort of the, the bright, shiny social web um, that we know. And, you know, one of the first communities that Steve Huffman had created was NSFW, Not Safe for Work. And you can mm-hmm. imagine what that turned into. And that sort of content is still
0: about 10 percent of what Reddit is today, by my estimation. When, when Reddit became this place where people could say anything, there are a lot of things that were really objectionable that people were saying and posting and, you know, visuals. And do you – how do you think that that impacted the rest of the internet? And like were other websites trying to model themselves after it? How did this one website, even if you don't go on it, how did it end up changing the ecosystem in which it lived? I think that,
1: you know, during that time, I'm not sure how influential those kind of portions of Reddit were. I would say during that time, the the rest of the internet started to learn that Reddit was a place where memes and content and really highly shareable popular stuff grew. We saw before um, the election of Donald Trump, the rise of a massive community of Trump supporters on Reddit. At the date of the election, it was about 300,000 subscribers to a subreddit called r slash the Donald. I wrote about it on the day of the election for the New York Times. And, you know, when I started the article, I didn't think the outcome was going to be what it was. Hmm. Uh, But it's and and I actually predicted that it would sort of um, once President Trump was no longer the underdog, that his sort of underdog community would just would just kind of it Just flame out. It would just sort of disappear. But that's not true at all. It has continued to gain steam, and it is more than you know five hundred thousand subscribers now. Wow. And that community, when it began, it was a lot of, it was a lot of the same kind of wall building rhetoric, um, but that you hear from the president. But it was also. Islamophobic and just racist. And these things were allowed. I mean, these things were explicitly allowed. And um, there's a lot of hate speech. And it was very much an overlap community to things that had the Reddit had already started to crack down on such as r slash coontown, which was a horribly racist subreddit. And and things some users crossed over to alt right subreddits as well.
0: You're listening to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. I'm talking with Christine Ligorio Chafkin, a senior writer at Inc., author of the book, We Are the Nerds The Birth and Tumultuous Life of Reddit, the Internet's Culture Laboratory. So let's just talk for a second about um, the, the Trump um, uh, support on Reddit. Uh, Let me ask you, when did you start to notice, you know, before the election, when did you start to notice that he had a big following on Reddit? And I wonder if you can, like, contrast that with, I assume Hillary Clinton had a following on Reddit. Maybe that's wrong. But maybe can you contrast that, like the two different followings?
1: So Reddit had classically been known as more of a kind of grassroots sort of political effort, a place to, like, hmm, I would say the biggest campaigns on Reddit had been Bernie was huge and Barack Obama had a great support on Reddit early on. Um, He did an AMA while campaigning also. And AMA has Ask Me Anything. It is Reddit's kind of brightest and shiniest product. It is what celebrities go on Reddit to do. It is what authors go on to publicize their books. Anyone can ask them a question under sort of an official username, and they answer. I would say it's more like a a counterintuitive or underdog candidate has always had a little bit more of a following on Reddit. So So to see a a Trump support page grow very early in his campaign, I don't actually recall when I encountered it because I have gone back and researched simply every iteration of it and all of its growth. And in the book, there's a very detailed account of how it gained its following and how Hmm. which communities latched onto it and how it became this conglomeration of different groups, including former Bernie Sanders supporters, including folks who had subscribed to formerly racist subreddits. And it was a fascinating growth story that one of – the Reddit employees who ran Reddit's community team referred to as uh, admirable and balletic at one point because its moderators were so highly coordinated. So while, you know, Reddit's leadership does not love the politics of r slash the Donald, it has watched it grow and grow and kept it kind of within the site's rules most of the time, or at least, you know, it thinks that this this community is walking the right line. Hmm. And, you know, Steve Hoffman, now now back at Reddit, as the CEO, has said, well, you know, one of the things the First Amendment is there to protect is political speech. That is the thing it was designed to protect. And we don't see a reason to cut off this community. I mean, this is a place where political speech is thriving. Now it's a difficult place to police, of course, in this era where political speech and hate speech can literally be synonymous.
0: So, you know, you said there were like 300,000 people supporting um, Donald Trump before the election. And this this just kind of gets to the question of the impact of Reddit outside of its own website. That's a lot of people, but this is a country of more than 300 million people, so it's not that many people. Um, Right, right. And you see communities on Facebook that are larger, too. Right. Right. So so what – do you feel like that community impacted – The actual election itself, which clearly did indeed, you know, when you elect a president, of course, that changes the country.
1: I spoke with Steve Hoffman, who had returned recently as CEO of Reddit uh, two weeks after the election, I think maybe 10 days after. And it was just a really remarkable conversation. I said, did you see it coming? And He said, I should have seen it coming because he had been Mm. closely watching this community and he said he's not he was not surprised um anymore and i, I thought i thought that was remarkable um he, i said do you think it had an effect on the election and he said i think we are at a place where we don't have no effect so <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah i want to
0: take I, too much uh, responsibility <laughs> for shaping the country
1: Right, right, right. Um, I do think he feels there is there is uh, an influence there. He sees the spread of this content all over the internet. But conspiracy theories like Pizzagate, Reddit was a really big hub of that.
0: And I, I should say Pizzagate was like this conspiracy theory that some Democrats were running a child sex ring um, out of a DC pizza parlor.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and Reddit did cut it off, I think, right before the actual violence occurred there. Um, but it Those things were all sort of related to to these Trump communities, and that's what's kind of disconcerting.
0: Let me ask you a broader question about the tech world. Um, People who aren't in it might think a lot about the kind of moral quandaries surrounding tech, whether it's privacy or uh, the influence of foreign actors or hate speech. Um, But do you think for the people who are in the tech world, the bottom line at the end of the day is like the bottom line and that what really matters is if you can make money, that's what it's all about?
1: Oof, well, I actually, being a, a tech reporter, um, I've reported for Inc. for uh, nearly a decade now, and um, has certainly looked at the intersection of culture and technology. Before that, you know, I report on Facebook and Twitter as well, and uh, Pinterest and Instagram. And wow, compared to some of those companies, uh, I I don't think that that Steve Huffman and Alexis Ohanian sort of fit that model. Um, they haven't brought the company public yet. They do not have outsized salaries. Um, they lead well. Alexis does not lead a normal life anymore, but that is due to separate circumstances. <laughs> That's due to the fact that he married Serena Williams. He lives in Florida with her and and their daughter, and you know travels the globe also with her. So that 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 is a separate story. Alexis has also left Reddit. Um, mm-hmm. That happened after my I finished writing the book. But around the turn of that of last year, he he left Reddit. He's still on the board, but he doesn't have a day to day involvement in it. Um, now Steve Huffman, I think, is a very interesting contrast to someone like Jack Dorsey or someone like Mark Zuckerberg. I would Jack love Dorsey, to see Steve. I should up. say, is the CEO yes, of, Twitter. of Twitter. Mm-hmm. You all know who Mark Zuckerberg is. Yes, he <laughs> is. Testified <laughs> before Congress multiple right. times. Uh, I, I would love to see Steve up there talking about how to regulate content online and what Congress should be doing right now in terms of regulating this stuff, whether it is Russian influence on these sites, whether it is hate speech, um, or whether it is simply, hey, what can they do regarding the the flow of the flow of money online?
0: Um, really, do and, you think he has? Uh, we've obviously seen Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg from yeah. Facebook, come up there um, a lot. So much attention has been put on Facebook, partially because of the the question of how much Russian influence there was in the 2016 campaign. Do you sometimes feel like Reddit was like a toe in the water before some of these sort of bigger Players um, came under scrutiny. Like it was, it was the canary in the coal mine, or whatever. Yeah, yes,
1: yes, yes. It wasn't just a toe in the water. It was the going through the exact same stuff. And earlier, it has been, and it should be a model that everyone looks at for seeing. Okay, how did this evolve? How did this happen? Do the magic thing? Do they,
0: or did they not pay enough Mm -hmm. attention to it?
1: I am not sure within the big tech companies whether they do or not. I know researchers um, love Reddit because most of – the history of Reddit. Most every post is still available online. There are sort of online repositories of every comment. Researchers have gone in and analyzed hate speech and civil and discivil discourse on Reddit since that move that Ellen Powell made to first ban the five most toxic in her mind subreddits. And they found that actually that simple action that an executive took actually improved the quality of political discourse throughout Reddit for the rest of its history, mm. isn't that incredible? Mm. So you can imagine the effect that subsequent bans of communities such as the the far alt right um, during the Charlottesville rally and and subsequent extreme political and and extremely um, conspiracy minded or or disinformation spreading communities has had. I mean, that's. Not to say that we and they do not have a long way to go in terms Mm -hmm. of policing this stuff. I think the next battle will be kind of policing casual misogyny, policing um, the way, the tone in which people interact. And I think what's interesting and that we should all as social users look out for more is how these sites, as they grow more sophisticated, try to hone our own behavior. I think that they will be in the next few years trying to teach us how again kind of how to interact how to share Mm. how to be online so that's sort of I think the next wave of of what is free speech how Uh, to have manners what are we being yes yes but what are what are we being told to feel what are we being told to share and how much that influence those companies can have uh over that
0: Christine Ligorio-Chafkin is a senior writer at Inc. She's the author of the book We Are the Nerds: The Birth and Tumultuous Life of Reddit, the Internet's Culture Laboratory. Christine, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me. Continue the conversation about online communication at our website. We've got more about the quick rise and fall of former Reddit CEO Ellen Powell, who you heard mentioned near the end of our conversation. And we'll also dive into the political conspiracy theories that were popular on Reddit, like Pizzagate. That's at innovationhub.org.